so whenever I talk to people about uncomplication right now and they totally get it and they love it and they can't wait for it, everyone overcomplicates some aspect of their life, right? And and I hit on the big ones, which is, you know, happiness, careers, relationships, etc. Even our diets. We overcomplicate the hell out of everything. And everyone's like, yeah, that's my life story. And so this is a this is a wonderful way to get to the root of it to uncomplicate um, you know a variety of topics and situations but also just as a reminder you know what you need to uncomplicate or you know you know what you're overcomplicating you know this is just a wonderful reminder to get back to your bliss to follow your bliss to follow your joy Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second part of the very first Uncomplication podcast. This is a continuation of the conversation between Kyle Henderson and Ryan Stover on the topic of uncomplication, what it means to us, and why we're so excited to be bringing it to the world. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I do like the fact that... um, and you and I have talked about this before, like if we can touch on things in a way where it doesn't matter where you live, what you believe, or anything else, where these are just, these are, you know, um, we can touch anyone and everyone. And you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I'd be interested to share with you, and I know you've been making a list of just ideas that we've had for the blog and ideas that we have in general. Yeah. Um, One of them that... I think it would be really interesting to the point that you just made is um, kind of doing a series that is, you know, universally human. And just kind of looking at these things that we all do, whether or not we are living in Asia or America, whether we're rich, whether we're poor, whether we're, you know, and it's everything, everything as, uh, you know, kind of spiritual sounding as breathing and paying attention to your breath as like pooping yeah or you know clipping your fingernails or (laughs) you know brushing your hair i think it's really interesting that uh for whatever reason throughout time as as civilization advances a lot of the things that are kind of animal about us get sort of put in the bathroom put in the closet you know you do it privately and then you present yourself to the world totally and there's sort of this like schism between you know the what you are and the who you are and uh, I thought it would be kind of cool to do a, a series where it's just like it has one, you know, word, it's just breathing. And it's just sort of a exploration of this thing that we all have a common experience of. I think that there, totally. when you really uh, dig into it, there's so many things that you have a daily experience of, that I have a daily experience of, that links us together probably tighter than even some of the more, you know, philosophical or worldly mm. topics that we might be able to dig up. Totally. That was just, you know, one of many little... Um, I love it, man. It's And it's simple things like, um, you know, I, I mean, just recently I've been trying new things with regard to how I shower. And another thing with regard to how I work or how I sleep. And um, uh, like when... And then, so this could be a topic, for, you know, showering, hot showers at night. Um, so when you get out, it's a slightly cooler environment. It's supposed to be very tranquil, so you sleep really well. And then mm-hmm. in the mornings, it's 30 seconds of as cold as you can handle, and 30 <laughs> seconds as hot as you can handle, and back to 30 seconds as cold as you can handle. Really gets your blood flowing and, and, and wakes you up because I am not a morning person. I'm a night person. Okay, and I have a baby that is the sweetest thing ever that wakes me up at you know, 6 <laughs> in the morning. She's ready to rock and roll. 
So if I don't do that in my shower, I'm not really up to snuff and I'm not ready to play with her yet. So um, I found the showers are awesome. And the big thing that I've been really playing with lately is, sounds really odd, but is earplugs. Mm. So I can sleep like a baby with earplugs. For some people, you know, they need that dead noise or, you know, the, the white noise that they, uh, in the background. But I found it incredible. Um, mm. I also find earplugs uh, to be incredibly beneficial when I'm, doing anything creative so from mm-hmm. writing or you know maybe for you you should try it sometime when you're drawing that's and interesting because they i mean they, you're in your they, own little yeah i mean they've world. shown in many studies that when you lose one sense the other senses are heightened so it's I an interesting it. way of like turning off the senses that you're not using to almost send extra juice to the ones that you are i, like, I love next it. time i go <laughs> well i and i've done the uh, isolation you know mm-hmm. uh chambers deprivation tanks yeah and uh and you know you're laying in this pitch black salt water um so you're you've got extra buoyancy and your your entire body's just floating there but i found without earplugs i hear water dripping as it you know Hmm. and with them it was a completely different experience and uh it's fascinating those simple things like that simple little pivots and it's wonderful i think to as for life to just be a, a an environment to test things and and to enjoy that whole process, just to, you know, we're in a, sort of like a, a science lab at the end of the day, but we're just trying different things, learn different things, be open. I remember what I was going to say just a second ago, is that um, when you're always looking for more and more and more, um, it's a lot harder to find that baseline of being able to enjoy just the surprise of a cold shower. Sure. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I used the example of eating an apple earlier, but... You know, I'm always blown away when I eat an apple. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so silly. It's so ridiculous. That's so like, cool. But I mean, like, just That's the great. fact that there is this thing mm. that just happened to grow on a tree in the sunshine that tastes the way it tastes and makes me feel. And, it, and, it's, and they're so cheap and they're so readily available. Yeah. And I mean, there's no preparation involved. Um, you know, when, you, when, you, when your baseline is sort of attenuated to all the big spikes that you can get when it's, you know, these really fancy restaurant meals or really fast cars or really sure. pretty girls or, you know, whatever. And you just kind of, like, enjoy the feeling of the table under your fingers or the taste of an apple or, you know, when we talk about these sense deprivation yeah. things, you know, when, when there's no sense, you know, every sense stands out as just immense and mysterious and powerful. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And, um, you know, for me, it's, I think I, uh, you know, because sometimes seeking is frowned upon um, and because we already have everything we need at the end of the day. And that's been talked about by so many different authors and, you know, brilliant minds over the years. But I really, I, I just do what I enjoy. And I really enjoy reading. And it's not like I'm trying to fill a void anymore. I think I used to really be in that place. But now, like you talked about, reading you know, fiction and nonfiction, and, you know, really watching some stand-up comic just make you laugh. It's funny when you talked about the feeling of wasting time. Like, I used to not read fiction because it's like, well, I'm going to read something. I want to learn something. I want to, like, get to the heart of something. You know, I almost, (laughs) I wouldn't let myself enjoy a fiction novel because, you know, that was taking up space for some philosophical tome from the 16th century or something. Right. But... and I completely relate to that, you know, when, and, and I used to, I mean, I, I, time is the ultimate currency and I used to really, 
take that to the wrong sort of level where, you know, uh, every little moment, if I wasn't doing something, you know, if I were waiting in line or at some event that just wasn't the best use of my mm -hmm. time and energy when I could, like you said, be reading some historical work that survived the ages, like I'd much rather have been at home. And it's interesting because um, uh, I've got a very introverted side that not too many people realize. So I love, like I love, I, I love digging into, you know, works like that. But at the same time, I think there's a time and place for everything, right? And it is so good just to read a book or watch a movie for, you know, pure reasons of entertainment and um, not to try to constantly have to be learning things because mm -hmm. it's, it's like, that's an endless void that's never going to be filled. And it, and it gets back to what we started out talking about is that it, it comes from a mindset of thinking that there's something you're missing. Yeah. Or there's something more that you can find that's going to make you more complete. There's some book out there that just has this answer that you need <laughs> and you're not going to find it. And if you don't keep reading it, then you know, <laughs> it might be on the next page. Yeah, you know. <laughs> now tell me, so when you're working on these incredible, all, all this incredible artwork, I mean, are your, is your mind going... A million miles an hour in every direction or are you just so focused that you're doing it to the exclusion of all other thoughts it depends on the time yeah. and the place I mean when I'm in my most creative states it really is like a all-encompassing almost obsessive mm -hmm. pursuit of some idea and uh, I, I do miss being younger and having less responsibilities and being able to stay up until four in the morning with sure. no real physical consequences the next day. Sure. Um, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there that's you know, sort of interesting. Um, some of these drawings I have up on the wall actually have dates on them going back, you know, five years and they're only half done. And every year I'll, I'll take it out for an evening or two and I'll, I'll kind of add some stuff and then I'll be like, oh man, I haven't worked on this in over a year. That's ridiculous I'm gonna finish this and I'll have a couple nights of really intense focus on it and then um, for whatever reason uh, it's just part of the creative process for me at least is uh, you know kind of the fear of wrecking something that does have such a legacy and is so just how I want it even though I know mm. I need to keep working on it um, but in those moments of really going down the rabbit hole uh, you know I feel so alive and so fulfilled and so doing what I'm supposed to be doing that if you want to talk about sort of my uh, own uh, beating myself up type of moments, it's that, uh, you know, if I am watching TV, I'm not working on a piece of art, and I feel like when I am dead and gone, or not even that, I mean, even just like the feeling that I get when someone looks at something I've done and just like has a reaction to it uh -huh. is so amazing that uh, that's really where I want to be focused, but I, I've also come to forgive myself for the fact that you can't do that all the time, at least I can't uh, presently um, be devoting that kind of time and focus and energy into these types of projects because to your point, it is almost at the exclusion of everything else. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm sitting at this little drawing table and I'm in one of these images, uh, you know, I might have some music on or something, but it's, it's really, you know, my entire field of vision is is filled with the white of the page, and I'm and I am that little black nib, you know, moving across this piece of paper. And wow, um, yeah, so some of your artwork is, it it, it's inspiring. It's thought provoking. It's uh, extremely complex in some regards. But I just get so drawn to it. I've never seen anything like it before, and I mean that as a 
the highest compliment. Like it's incredible. And you can, I think you get, you get a, a sneak peek into your mind with some of these pieces. You know, there's a theme that ties into some of them as well. I mean, like the thinker and, um, I think a, a lot of them have a really neat message tied into them and the picture's worth, you know, a million words in your, in your yeah, pieces. I, mean, I, think, I, I definitely would say that the message is in the eye of the beholder. There's sure. definitely like an idea that's yeah. being expressed. And I think people can, can, uh, either experience the, the one that I intended or just get something different or just see a jumbled mess of black sure. and white. Um, well, I love, I love what you just touched on too. You know, as we touched on before, so everyone's going to see one of your works is going to see something differently. Just like we ask everyone what their definition of success is, yeah. we're going to get a completely different answer, and that's the beauty of art. The other thing that I will just point out is interesting, and I and I feel this. I assume you feel it. I assume you know li listeners now might feel this. Is the strange. Um, way that we have sort of the person that we are when we're by ourselves and that's very hard to define and then we are the person that we are when we're with different people that are in our life and that might be a friend or a relative or you know you and I when I'm with you I'm a different person than when I'm with my wife or with I'm when I'm with my totally. you know, uh, people I work with and um, oh you should see me with Presley yeah or, I'm the biggest man, when goofball I'm, with my son, I'm, I'm <laughs> so happy but I, I guess my, my point there is knowing that about ourselves is that we, we do play these different parts and that's just kind of how it is. I mean, with each relationship, a great thing about a long-term relationship is you bring more and more to the forefront. Uh, when you first meet someone, you want to impress them. You want them to like you. You want to be witty and funny or whatever that kind of blend is. It's like, oh, this is this new person and oh, this is you know these different tags I can hang on this new person that I've met. And some of the best relationships, I think, are the ones that are long enough and deep enough that you can find yourself just being a person that you like being. Yeah. And uh, one, of, one of the things and the reason why I'm bringing this up in the context of art is that I, I know this about myself is that, you know, I, I do have sort of that artist's pride and I'm not creating unless I know that there's someone there who's going to enjoy it. And interestingly enough, I feel like you, throughout my entire life, because we've known each other since we were in you know, second or third grade, and we've gone on this amazing ride together for a long time, and throughout some of my most creative periods, it was just knowing that when I was done, that I could show it to my friend Kyle Henderson, and he was going to you know, have an experience from that. And so I'm really eager, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to have any expectations by any means, but for this kind of a public yeah. Uh, you know, personality that, that we can kind of become. Yeah. You know, I just hope that that brings out the best in us and that it it encourages me to finish some of these things that have been hanging on my wall for five years because I know that there will be, uh, you know, others out there who do find something from it. Yeah, you're, uh, you're without question my favorite artist, and I think the world <laughs> needs to see your work. Um, now, how that's a great question, actually, that you touched on. Just like, so let's say you're Steve Jobs, you could perfect an eye phone or an iPad for a lifetime and never, you know, never finish it, never ship it, never produce it. So with art, any one of these pieces, I think you could add, you know, more ink to or whatever it might be, for, you know, for a lifetime. So how do you know when a work oh, is finished? That's a that's beautiful gonna... question, man. I mean, that, that gets to one of my favorite sayings I've ever come across in life is that the rarest of all artistic virtues is knowing when enough has been said. Wow. 
and that's something that is very difficult to know mm. while you're in the process. And some of the best artists that you you see their final pieces, whether it's music, whether it's a movie or whatever, uh, it, it's so interesting that when you're in a creative space, and this is true of art as it is just our lives in general and what we do and think, but there's a strange thing that happens that you take a white sheet of paper and it is an infinite realm of possibilities. Just like before we mm. sat down to record this podcast, we could have talked about anything. Yeah. And so in that moment, you have this entire world of you know imagination and impo- uh, you know impossible possibilities. And as soon as you make that first mark, and especially when you start talking about like ink art or you know a movie that you're actually putting out there as a final you know statement, as soon as you've made a line, everything else now <laughs> is related to that, and you can't go back. That's and powerful. You, you've lost that uh, infinite potential, but you've gained something. You know, anytime you have something, it's to the exclusion of everything it's not. Mm. And so this idea of when to stop, um, you know, is, it is the rarest of all artistic virtues because it's knowing when just the right balance of what you've brought into existence balances with that person's mind of connecting to all those things that you haven't. And so, you know, if you, if you try and say too much, you try and do too much, that's a problem I always have is, you know, even in these types of podcasts, just like rambling, 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 uh, the, the white space is sometimes the most powerful because that's where the listener or the, Mm -hmm. the, the viewer gets to, you know, bring themselves into that experience and create, you know, it's, it's their opportunity to have, well, what's beyond this? What happens after this movie ends? You know, some of the worst endings of movies is when it's a really powerful movie that just like draws you in and grips you and then the ending is just too cut and dry or too like oh i wrapped everything up and now it's done and it could have ended this way this guy could have been the bad guy like you know you lose that infinite possibility Uh, because you were given an an ending. ending i mean anytime a show that's been on the air for seven years or something you know ends you know there's always disappointment because you know so true you've lost the uh the infinite potential Wow. Um, in the doing of something. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, my, my answer to your question is that it's 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 almost a form what, of magic, you know. What a cool <laughs> metaphor for life that you just touched on. So, you know, like with these TV shows where in that instance we might embrace the uncertainty, you know, that the future holds for that show and all the infinite possibilities of it. And yet with our lives, like you said, playing the therapist where it's so much easier when we're like removed but to embrace the adventure that is our life. And, um, you know, I had, uh, I'd met a person years ago, um, that, you know, they said something that really stuck with me. And this was in, uh, Italy, the Isle of Capri. And this guy, we were on a, uh, a little seminar where we were actually studying things like mindfulness and things like that. But, you know, it, it's fascinating to think about the fact that, you know, every day, is bringing new possibilities, new insights, inspirations, and, and even ideas. So, you know, one moment, um, the idea for Facebook wasn't there, and then it was with someone mm-hmm. like Mark Zuckerberg. So, you know, when you're pulling down the, the covers, you know, and, and just like uh, with eager anticipation for the good moments and the bad, um, to just say, gosh, this is life. This is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, uh, like we talked about before, what I might consider work, you might consider pure bliss and vice versa. So it's all relative and uh, just enjoy it. And, and it's wild. Why do we exist when we exist, where we exist, you know, at this 
place and time and um, I mean, this moment in the cosmos it blows my mind and I will say that this is the most inspirational office on the planet we'll have to get some shots yeah. of it I, I, uh, it's so neat to see your work all over and the works of others as well but uh, what a cool working environment I love it one of the when you were talking just now about uh, we're talking in the in the vein of movies and art and music even um, but then that really is equatable to our lives and it's an mm -hmm. interesting question when you really put it to yourself if you could have all the answers if you could know what was going to happen to you when you were going to die what job was going to be successful or not i mean if you really could know everything would you really want to absolutely not right it's like part of you thinks you would mm -hmm. and, and it's be careful what you wish for because it's like uh, the ebb and flow and the, the pain Make, make the joy so much greater and you know when you taste something very bitter that you don't like it makes that apple that much sweeter when you taste it and it, it's, a, it's another cliche but it's, it's another thing to really internalize it appreciate it and, and, and live it right there's this concept that I love of the beginner's mind and mm. how that is one of the most and it, and it really wraps in this whole conversation that we've been having about sort of the the nothingness and then the somethingness that we are living and creating on a daily basis. But this idea of the beginner's mind is that um, when someone is new to something, and this, this could be a mastery of an art or a, a job or anything, or even hearing your favorite song for the first time, and you don't know it's your favorite song yet, mm -hmm. in, those, in those first initial moments, when that is coming into being, into your reality, into your life for the first time, it just has this quality to it that doesn't exist the second time you hear it or the 50th time that you hear it. I mean, once, once something is familiar and known, um, it, it sort of loses that surprise. And so this beautiful idea of the beginner's mind and this idea of you know, living in your life with this kind of pure beginner's mind of being very open to everything that's passing and being uh, almost vulnerable to be surprised and not trying to have definitions for everything as rigidly uh, kind of puts you in, in a position where, you know, even the things that you've taken for granted, I mean, I, I drink the same kind of tea, you know, every day and I probably have, you know, three or four cups of it a day and I'm never going to have that same experience as the first time I tasted this particular flavor and what I was thinking and how that made me feel. But there's two ways that I can approach each cup of tea is one that, oh, I'm having this again. And it's just something I'm going to drink because it's sort of habitual yeah. or, you know, just enjoying the, the heat of the mug and the smell of it mm -hmm. and, the, and the flavor of it and kind of being that beginner, yeah. you know, being that uh, novice in your life. On one hand, it really requires like the relinquishing of, of a certain degree of control because all of a sudden what was very well and known and fixed is now mysterious and unknown. And um, I love that. I think it, it can oh. be a, a powerful way to almost rediscover yeah. a lot of the things that you've taken for granted. This Uncomplication podcast is brought to you by designtrafficker.com. Look, your website and corporate identity are incredibly important. So why pay fair market value for design? With Design Trafficker, you choose from among thousands of creative artists. Then your selections battle each other to the death while you watch via webcam. If an artist survives, you can offer them your crappy job. Best of all, you don't even have to pay them because they pay us. Design Trafficker. 
helping professional designers make professional designers obsolete. What do you think about that? Do you think that beauty is um, inherent? Like you just, beauty is known or is it something we've been programmed to, you know, just the, through yeah. society to understand and appreciate or do you think it's something that you would? Well, what are your thoughts on that? I've got well, my own thoughts. Well, yeah, I would say first and foremost, beauty is a word. Yeah. <laughs> that means something different to me than it does to you and yeah. whether you grew up in Asia or America or even different parts of America that might have very different connotations. Um, so I would say that beauty is really yours to define. Yeah. And uh, there's certainly things that we can come together in sort of a mass consensus and say, oh, that's beautiful. Sure. Um, and so in some ways we kind of define or even limit beauty by those really standout, you know, sunsets or mountain ranges or, you know, natural in environments. Or your artwork. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug. I like it. Um, but, uh, you know, when you, what, you know, beauty evokes a response. Mm. And sometimes it's just a feeling of awe or appreciation or wonder or uh, it could just be sensor, sensory that you you know have an aesthetic appreciation for something. And uh, certainly, depending on your intention and your focus, you can find as much beauty in a at the bottom of an ashtray yeah. as you can in a you know Himalayan mountain range. So um, I know that's kind of avoiding your question. Oh, I love it. But uh, you know when you when you talk about beauty being right in your backyard and you know just a bus ride away in these like mountain settings, there's certainly that pastoral beauty that's that's really easy to appreciate because it's it's very naked and uh, kind of other. Uh, but sometimes the appreciation of the human landscape, uh, what could be described by one person as a wasteland could also be looked at as just as miraculous a thing as, you know, a, a bee's hive or a snail shell or any of those types of things. So, so true. I guess it's up to you. When I you think wanna... of one of the most amazing memories I have when I think of beauty was um, Canyonlands and seeing the Milky Way when we were out there. Um, but there, there's no doubt that there is a lot of it out there and it's all in the eyes of the beholder um, and it is it is interesting you know is it something that we just inherently recognize or is it something that uh, we sort of have come to learn you know what is beautiful and what isn't and I, I would, part of me thinks that it's something that is inherent but I don't know I don't know I, I am I am thankful that we live in such a beautiful planet it's, it's, it's pretty cool yeah, I think it would be an interesting experiment to take something that was almost statistically not beautiful. Right. That uh, you take a rotting piece of fruit or something or some grotesque sea slug and put it in front of someone and, you know, put that question to them whether it's beautiful or not <laughs> and get that answer that you're expecting that no, that does not fit the model of beauty. It's Or even you could look at examples within society of, um, you know, morally suspicious people or people who commit atrocities even or, yeah. or wars or famine or these things that are decidedly not beautiful and I think that with enough kind of guided attention um, I can't think of anything that you couldn't in a certain way make yourself see beauty in sure and um, that to me gets gets to the heart of a lot of things 
Well, and it's neat that you have been drawn to create art. When did that start? Is it was it something that you've always been doodling ever since you can remember? And 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 not only that, but when did you recognize that you were actually quite talented? You know, when did that realization sort of strike home? Well, I've always been doodling, and yeah. my my dad is an artist. My grandparents, my both my grandfathers are artists. Um, I mean, and when I say artists, I mean they they can render images, sure, they, they sure. doodle and things like well. that. So, you know, I just kind of, I grew up taking, you know, moving a pen around for granted, I think. And, uh, you know, if you were to go back and look at my childhood drawings, I don't think they're any more or less spectacular than any other <laughs> similarly aged kid. I guess I, um, I found there a, an escape at a certain point in time where, mm. you know, just having... In a world where you might not feel control over a lot, you know, having control over even just the bounds of a page and what you can put there, um, to me was sort of a therapeutic uh, thing at one point. And then just really enjoying uh, like cartoons, like comics and, and even cartoons. And I love that you can take the biggest social issues or the bi biggest, you know, questions mm -hmm. about life and put it into a four panel layout. Uh, you know, Bill Watterson, Calvin and Hobbes, those types of things. Sure. Uh, I got, I think, my earliest taste of real soul searching and thinking about things differently from some of these very, you know, what on one hand are, are very childish kind of uh, forms of art. And so I've always been amazed at the potential for storytelling that lies on a page yeah. and the uh, way of communicating ideas that uh, you and I can sit here and talk for hours about anything, but you know I can I can sit down with a piece of paper with some intention in mind, and when I'm done and I hand that to you, you're going to have an entire experience that goes way beyond anything that we might be able to talk about outside of that. And it might not be exactly what I intended, but it's sure. you know to me that is the the cool thing about all kinds of art and everyone's life is art everyone is is creating and expressing themselves in all these different ways and it, it influences people it, it it has an effect and even if people don't like it that's still an effect it's yeah. it, and to me that that has also been a cool uh, byproduct of being creative is that you are just kind of on a trajectory and you meet someone else and you do something with them or you show something something you've done or you have an experience together and then from that point moving forward you know each of you are on some new trajectory based on that experience and so you know if you can put something powerful or even grotesque and monstrous and ugly you know in someone's path mm -hmm. it's it's a mind-boggling feeling that you have influenced somebody's perception of what the world is it's incredible <laughs> we've seen a lot of comics used recently for the uh instance in France. Now, mm. one thing I definitely want to see are some uncomplication comics. So we'll have to tie in yeah. some of the, because there's, there's some incredible ones there, but that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and also just, I mean, humor, I yes. think, is one Good of fun. the most powerful human tools that we yes. have. And it always boggles my mind that when you meet people who have gone through really difficult times or even have difficult jobs I mean there's this idea of sort of the uh, the dark humor that people who let's say you're a cop on the beat you see a lot of murdered bodies or just like horrible things or you're a, you're a, 
Um, you know, I was just listening to a podcast about World War One, and how just monstrous a human experience that was. And through it, most of the people that lived through it developed this sort of really dark humor that allowed them to cope with the most monstrous, you know, faces of the human experience. And so there, there's something to that. There's something to the fact that you can take the biggest social issue, political thing that could destroy the whole planet and make fun of it. Yeah. And all of a sudden you have a, a bright, a broader, you know, field with which to think of it. And it's not as scary. It's not as um, unmanageable. Make, make light of it. I love it. No, it, it's, uh, it's incredible, and it is a it's a powerful tool. We've got to see some uncomplication comments for sure. <laughs> now, what other sort of things do you want to see with uncomplication? What other ideas do you have in store for it? That's a great question. I mean, I think we'll <laughs> we'll really be seeing this evolve as we go, huh. and I love the idea of both of us having an outlet for a lot of the things that we think about and talk about. So I'm really excited to see just some. Some of what's going on in your head, yeah. kind of more accessible to me and to other people that uh, you know might not know you even uh, friends right. of you know friends and family that we can uh, share some of these ideas with. So the blog is definitely an exciting prospect. Um, I'm I'm very excited for this to be a catalyst to to do more artwork and to create kind of more publicly. I think that is going to light a fire under me that I have wanted for a long time. Fantastic. What I like to Stover is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be an incredible creative canvas for both of us. And you're also uh, an incredible writer. So I've got a passion for writing. You've got an incredible passion for art, all types and stripes. And just to bring it together and, uh, and to have more spontaneous collisions like this one. You know, that's what it's all about. You And you and I have countless friendships and relationships outside of this but for some reason you and i have just remained so close you know over the years uh ever since you know playing soccer together <laughs> in elementary school and i'm through and uh i think this is just going to be such a fun adventure absolutely i'm excited to be on this adventure with you fantastic i i want to ask you almost like the off the record kind of flavor now sure just some of the ideas that i've been toying with or just questions, I guess. Yeah. One of the questions that I have that I would love to just kind of work through with you is, um, what do you think it takes? What is the right blend of personal versus universal that makes someone actually engage with a topic versus just, oh, it's these guys talking about themselves? You know, because I, I found that with certain people in their presentation of things that obviously we all come from a personal world i mean that's just the way it is but to ex to be more all-encompassing and inviting of people into that experience what do you think that takes interesting question i i think we're gonna have a variety of ways that um you know will get exposure to uncomplications audience so whether they are looking up a certain topic and google and they get you know, they find us through a blog post or an article or, you know, their friend likes a Facebook page and th there's there's an incredible piece of artwork on there. So they see a shirt or a sticker somewhere. Mm -hmm. So there, there's all these different ways to, you know, to, to find that. Um, and then with the podcast, I think it just comes down to just being authentically ourselves, um, you know, without really thinking too much about 
the rest because we're, there's going to be a very narrow niche that we find. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked about this before, just niche down until it hurts. There's going to be an audience and people are going to be interested in hearing more of the story and listening mm-hmm. to some of this and, and just some of these musings and because uh, they'll, they'll really appreciate the art. They'll, they'll, they'll enjoy reading the articles, et cetera, et cetera. And just, I find this already with other sites that I, you know, fre- frequent mm-hmm. and it's just, uh, wanting to get to know what's going on behind the scenes and this will just be a nice sort of uh, ongoing dialogue and compliment too. Yeah. And I think it'll also be a way that um, people find us, you know, so through iTunes and things like that, which is great. And whether it's a handful or, you know, a few hundred thousand or whatever, it doesn't matter to me. It's going to, it's going to be fun to have a canvas mm-hmm. and it's going to be fun to um, spend more time with you. And um, I do, I see what you're getting at, but I think it's, uh, I think it's going to just naturally take care of itself the more that we just do it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. But for me, it's, uh, it's, it's just sharing a story and, and it could be an infinite number of topics. It could be worldly events, you know. Uh, latest technologies. Um, we could talk about you know running, operating companies, uh, nutrition, mindfulness. Uh, you know, creating guitars from uh, cigar boxes and all that cool stuff. Um, but who knows? Who knows where we're gonna take this? That's the cool part. But again, I think that like this this portion of it is gonna just be a nice compliment too for people that are interested in you know sort of getting into the minds of the people back of what uncomplication is. So there, there's going to be a lot of people that strictly come there, you know, just for the art or just for, you know, some of the articles or whatever else. And, you know, they'll be able to listen to these as much or as little as they want. You know, this, there might be two out of 200 episodes that really resonate with them, but they're going to mm-hmm. love that. And that's just how it works. I think, right. Mm-hmm. Can't be all things to all people. And it's fun too, because being sort of the creators of the content, and I hope that that, branches out to more people that we get to interview or I mean there's so many people that I have just sort of bookmarked in my mind of man it'd be amazing to have a conversation with that person yeah. just get their viewpoints on this this and this and so to kind of expand it from you know the the limited view of the world that we have is as beautiful as I you know find some of those pieces to be but just to really expand that out um, but being sort of at the center of that it's, it's fun that we get to have that full experience but then Obviously, uh, as people gravitate towards this, there's no way that they can have the same experience that we're going to have through the process of making it. And they might find this article with a title that really you know, jumps out at them from a list of you know, dozens or hundreds at some point. And so, uh, yeah, I think that what we kind of hit on in the beginning is really the core of it is that we can do this together and enjoy every moment of it. And that is just going to create sort of this uh, wake, like the wake of a ship that yeah. You know, uh, hopefully people are going to want to, you know, surf well, and catch a wave. My thought came to me as well when you talked on, touched on, you know, the personal aspect and the universal aspect. There's individuals like James Altucher that are extremely personal and extremely vulnerable. And, you know, he talks about some of the deepest, darkest things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from a, a life and a business standpoint, from, you know, failures and what works for him, what doesn't. And he's got an incredible following. Um, Because people can really relate to the vulnerability. And then you've got, you know, there's other ends of that spectrum as well. And that's why I think, like, the big thing is 
just to be ourselves with an exclamation mark without <laughs> worry or concern um, and not to even think about it and just to do it and to, whatever comes to us. And that's going to be the brilliance of it because then there's no effort involved, you know, from a we're not trying to force or fight. We're not trying to go against the flow. We're just we're just doing what we do. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a wonderful thing. The cool thing, too, I mean, you could have a different person in here every weekend. You know, it could be someone at the Bohemian Foundation or, you know, any. there's so many different people that have inspiring mm-hmm. stories to share. And maybe they're just, uh, you know, maybe it's the guy that's got that little bicycle shop that's just like this passion where he's fixing used bicycles, reselling them to people. And it, whatever their story yeah. is or someone that's created the... And I guess that really turn, is, is... Turn their yard into a garden, you yeah. know, and they're not wasting all the water on their grass and stuff. And it's just like, it's an interesting pivot. Um, it's something I would never even would have thought about if I hadn't heard. And it could be little 20 to 30 minute shows or longer. And that's really, I guess, to the heart of my point, or, you know, to the heart of this subject is that we happen to be taking the initiative to record this and broadcast it. But that's not to say for a minute that I feel like my experience is any more or less valuable than anyone else's. I mean, anyone could be sharing these airwaves. And I think the best thing that we could be doing is uh, finding those individuals, those stories that uh, evoke something in us and then mm-hmm. sharing them with other people to paint. You know, the last thing I want to do is just create a bunch of cultural riffraff of just my thoughts polluting the, the mainstream of everyone else's thoughts. Um, but if we can just kind of go to the heart of what has brought us both here now and try and find more examples of yeah. the things that we define as beautiful. And, you know, we just talked about how much that definition can shift, but uh, just share a perspective that we enjoy. And I yeah. would assume a lot of other people can, can find well, beauty in fo- well. Follow your bliss. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, if you look at you know, the Oprah's of the world, there's always an infinite number of, um, you know, fantastic resources from all walks of life to be interviewed. And, uh, you know, so we're talking experts in all fields or, you know, just life practitioners. My big thing is like, I just want to be a connoisseur of life. So like, I want to, I want to squeeze the juice (laughs) out of every little moment And, and just even little things like really breathing in this tea before I sip it and really enjoying conversations like this with the best of friends and you know maybe it's one of you know my father that you know studied veterinary medicine got a full ride scholarship from the queen of england and you know just loves animals and is doing his passion every day you know stories like that from all walks of life um you know to just feature gosh what is your what is your own complication and just get great exposure for beautiful things and yes, it's arbitrary, and yes, everyone's gonna have a different definition. Who cares? This is this is just our way of doing what we love, and if nothing more, we're gonna we're gonna have a blast. We're gonna learn about subjects that we love learning about, and enjoy every aspect of the journey, right? So, and there's gonna be other people that are really gonna benefit from it. That's the cool part. Cool. Well, here's a question I just want to ask you in 20 seconds. How would you invite someone to this show? How would you just welcome them into what we're doing? And oh, yeah. what what do you want them to feel? Yeah. Well, when it comes, to, so if it were me, um, you know, I, I feel that, you know, 20 seconds, we overcomplicate all aspects of our lives and we all have a different version of what the word 
you know, uncomplication would mean to us. So, you know, what is our joy? And the fact that we overcomplicate simple things. So for someone like we've touched on before, uncomplication might be taking their puppy on a walk, playing with their baby, you know, jumping on a trampoline, you know, or, or you know, painting a, a masterpiece or playing on their guitar. And so we are coming to them because we, we feel that they exemplify what complication is all about. And just to share their bliss, to share their passion, their joys, their story, um, and it, maybe some of the trials and tribulations along the way. Um, but just to get them on the show. And uh, I think it's, it'd be an honor, you know, if, if, if I was not aware of a show like this and someone came to ask me because they thought, gosh, there's an audience out there. We want to hear your story. You're, you're, you're really being true to this passion or this core. Um, you know, come on the Uncomplication podcast. You know what I mean? Something Absolutely, like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, in some ways, it's, I think it's a, it'd be a compliment to be asked to be a guest on a show like this. And just too much fun. What you will find, um, you know, so like with Opportunity Coalition, lots of other podcasts out there, people love, not only do they love to be on these sort of things, but they're, they're they feel honored when you ask them. You know, everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to, everyone wants to, you know, have a voice and everyone's got a journey and we've all got our own little universes. So it's really neat to get a little snippet and insight into those sort of stories. And I think this could be a powerful platform. I mean, look at, um, you know, the humans in New York, it's like mm -hmm. the best selling book of the year. We bought a bunch of them for, uh, gifts for our family. And, uh, this guy has now gone global, mm -hmm. but he's taking pictures of, individuals from all walks of life and just sharing like a paragraph right about their story and it's wow. so powerful and it, it they're from the most mundane to the most inspiring and everything in between um but i think people love to hear stories and it doesn't have to be the the outliers it could be mm -hmm. normal stories of inspiration and beauty like the you know how this single mom manages to run her business and yeah, who knows what the story might be, but I think there's different things that are going to resonate with different people. Sort of like This American Life and a lot of the other ones out there that have really grown an audience. But That was more than 20 seconds, but that was a beautiful answer. That <laughs> was very long. <laughs> the other thing too, man, is you know maybe they'll get a sticker out of the deal if they come on or something like that. But I'm very <laughs> excited about just the... the um, you know, the prospect of having like an uncomplication poster in my office or wearing a t-shirt or, you know, having a sticker on my car or my laptop, just as a reminder to just be true to, you know, don't overcomplicate things for yourself today. Just whatever that means for you. And you're all, uh, everyone's going to have a different idea and definition of the word uncomplication, but, you know, follow your bliss and do things you love. And maybe that's, you know, taking the time for it a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, you know, or just playing the guitar for 15 minutes before you go to bed, just every single day, um, you know, what is your own complication? Well, if you made it all the way to the end, you are truly one of us. So thank you so much for listening, for checking out uncomplication.com. Um, please uh, keep checking back, share it with your friends. Uh, we're just getting started, and we're so excited and appreciative to uh, be growing this audience, uh, all interested in this idea of uncomplication. 
So until next time, uh, Kyle and I thank you. Um, here's to an uncomplicated existence.